0: right back. Today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML, we got a pretty cool guest uh, in here uh, today. And if you ever been to the Hamilton Burlington Realtors Association uh, auction that we do uh, every November, and of course uh, all in support of the CHML Children's Fund, you have seen uh, Lane, the auctionista. And Lane is here now. Lane, thanks for taking the time. We appreciate this. Pleasure to be with you today. Awesome. I uh, first of all, I have to compliment you because you are incredibly great at what you do, and I'll never forget the first time I saw you at the auction, uh, the Realtors Auction. A lot of us were just standing there with our mouths hanging open and you were, ba 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 bah. And then the next thing you know, we are all giving money. You have an incredible ability to separate people from their money. How did this happen? How did you get this ability to take over the room the way you do?
1: Well, it was completely by accident. I guess it was about 12 years ago that I went to my very first gala auction dinner. I'd never been to one before. Right. Um, and I was in my mid-40s. And it was time for the live auction. I have never seen an auctioneer, had never been in that uh, environment before. And then the live auction started to unfold. And I was completely jarred and shaken. I was like, come on. (laughs) This is, you know, I didn't know then Uh, the gentleman was a livestock auctioneer. I just knew I was at a charity gala. And I was feeling like a little bit pressured and intimidated. (laughs) And I thought to myself, you know what? There's got to be a better way to do this to inspire people to open up their wallets, really make them feel good about it Mm -hmm. and not pressured. So um, I thought geez why not jump from being a financial advisor to an auctioneer all in one night and figure this thing out so i did that's literally how it happened what was it like the first
0: time you did it the first time you were an auctioneer
1: uh i blew it really badly (laughs) uh i made some errors on my bid increments uh but i went out there to have fun um i just wanted to do the best i could for the charity um but now after a decade i've Pretty much, you know, perfected my craft.
0: Yeah, you do. And how long have you been doing it now? Like a decade now. A decade. Good for you. Well, it certainly shows. You're great at it. Thank you. All right. Let's talk about, it's International Women's Day. Uh, You're obviously a member of the uh, uh, LGBTQ community. How difficult uh, has it been for you doing what you do in business, doing what you do in your profession and such, and your personal life? Is it more of an issue than the average person? How do you explain it to them?
1: Well, that you know, it is uh, because many of us in the LGBTQ plus community suffer from the prejudices. I mean, (laughs) equality? Are you kidding? It's not there. And if you look just beyond Canada and you look worldwide, there are so many LGBTQ plus folks that are... They're living in the margins. Mm -hmm. Um, They are, uh, you know, they're fearful for their lives. The word equality doesn't even come into play. So there is that greater, bigger struggle. Um, The prejudices are so rampant. So breaking down those stereotypes and really finding your allies, your supporters, Um, and finding your space where you belong can be a definite challenge for us.
0: Uh, I've seen you perform, I've seen you do your thing, you are incredibly outgoing, you are incredibly charismatic, you literally control the room when you are up there doing your thing. Um, How difficult was that for you, being a person from this community? Because if I was to say, Lane's had some issues, she's had some problems, she's had to deal with it, like, you're kidding me, look at this you know she's she, you do a great job at what you're doing um, um it doesn't it doesn't appear like this affects you
1: well absolutely it does yeah. i'm a human being yeah yeah um And it has, um, you know, been a part of my life's fabric ever since I came out. So um, it's been a journey. It's been a process. It's been a process for me to become comfortable with who I am and how I present. So, you know, one of the biggest issues that I had, not just being a female auctioneer, um, you know, breaking that stereotype, is tough enough Mm -hmm. but being a gender non-conforming non-binary lgbtq plus auctioneer um i mean that is really uncharted territory right but for me you know as i came became more comfortable in my skin of who i was and who i really needed to be so that i could be fully authentic um that washed away um a lot of those fears for me
0: more comfortable you are, the more comfortable those around you are. If you're in control, then are there still the issues, or when you appear in control, people don't bother you? As much?
1: So there are issues, and you know I use the pronouns they, them, mm-hmm. and so many I apologize times. For that's that okay. Really. Yep, sorry, I'm, I'm making this a learning moment for you. That's uh, that, sh- and that's every show is <laughs> for me. <laughs> that's right. So there, there definitely are, and so around, even around the pronoun piece. Um, you know, I will say, hey, my name is Lane the Auctionista, and my pronouns are they, them. So I I start off the conversation establishing Mm -hmm. who I am and how I'd like to be addressed. Mm -hmm. I mean, we all want to be addressed appropriately and our names pronounced appropriately and correctly. And so our pronouns should be identified as well so it it's a learning process. you yeah. know um, The boomers are not as a, a adjusto- adjusting to this this concept of you know the pronouns, but you know the younger generations, you know the gen the gen z's and yeah. and 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 all of them they're 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 very they accustomed yeah. to that they're yeah. like yeah, yeah whatever fluid it's, fluid is good yeah yeah you i know? mean
0: they they it's it's like night and day isn't it between the generations it certainly respect. is uh how do you deal with the prejudice how do you deal with those challenging situations do you and even more specifically now as opposed to maybe several years ago
1: well um i have a lot of conversations with people um i tell my story I really work towards normalizing, mm-hmm. you know, our community so that people understand, um, you know, we're human, too. Uh, we are subjugated to prejudices. We want to make sure that people really understand that, hey, you know what? We are just like the next human standing and sitting yeah. beside you. So it, it's uh, it's been, like I said, it's been a journey. And uh, I, um, I'm i extremely confident in who I am because I've been successful, I've been accepted, my coming out story uh, and coming out process was easy for me, not ta- ta- like some folks. Talk a
0: little bit about that. Tell a little bit about your yeah, story. So,
1: um, I came out in 2003 to my family the day my mother passed away. Oh, my. Um, and... I was really nervous about that. And Why then?
0: Why that moment?
1: Because that moment was critical for me because I had been with my partner for several months on the sly, in the, in the dark corners, had yeah. not come out publicly around that piece. And I was really grieving mm. uh, and I was struggling. And I needed to have my partner by my side as I went through this terrific loss. Did right? your mother know? I'm thinking she probably did. And I think my family always knew. Um, But to come out and declare, um, you know, very openly is a very different thing than thinking people know. So I did that. And my dad sat me down that night and he said, so here's the thing. I'm really upset. And I thought, oh, gulp, here we go. He said, I am upset that you didn't feel that you could come to Mommy and I sooner because Mm. we love you. Yeah. That this changes nothing. We love Sue. She's a part of this family, and nothing's different. So for me, I'm one of the lucky ones where my coming out story, um, and my coming out moment was easy. That is not the case for many LGBTQ plus folks.
0: You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900
1: CHML.
0: How did that help you with the loss of your mother?
1: Uh, well that allowed me to grieve authentically yeah. um, and have my person by my side mm-hmm. to help me get through it and to feel comfortable uh, to have her there through the process.
0: When your father said, I wish you had told us sooner, how did that make you feel? Do you did you were you just glad that you did it that time and you know, I can't I, I can't make any decisions or judgment on things that I've I've done in the past, this we are where we are now, or did you wish that, well, you know what, maybe I should have done this sooner. I
1: wasn't ready. Yeah. It is not up to anybody else to decide. And that's a
0: good point. It's not up to the rest of the family. It's up no. to you, right?
1: It's up to the individual when they are ready. Yeah. Once you feel that you are supported and you have the folks around you, that will help carry you through that.
0: And was the loss of your mother a trigger? Or was it, Or was it just you needed the emotional support at that time in your life, obviously?
1: Yes, it was. And, uh, you know, Sue had become somebody that was extremely important in my life. My family knew her, and I thought that that was just the right time because I knew that I couldn't do it without her. Um,
0: What advice do you have for others in the community who are still struggling with that?
1: Well, I think it's about finding your allies, And creating safe space for yourself, right? Um, You are not alone out there, Mm -hmm. and there are people out there that love you. And I know that when I went through my process of sharing, um, you know, who I authentically was with people, I lost friends along the way. Really? But I also found new friends along the way. Talk about
0: losing those
1: friends. How
0: is it – did you find yourself saying, well, you know what – I guess I now know the truth how they really are. Or were you upset? Were you generally hurt by someone's reaction that you didn't maybe expect?
1: I was, I was. But you know, um, in that moment, there there's nothing I can do no. to to shift that mindset. Right? Um, rejection is difficult for anyone, mm. whether you're cisgendered or trans or LGBTQ, whoever how, and however you identify. Humans. Don't deal well with rejection, um, so I knew that I couldn't compromise myself any longer, my mm-hmm. authentic self, and I knew that I was starting on this journey of sharing who I really was. Um, so for me, it was it was baby steps. You start with those folks that are closest to you, and then you kind of work out the rings beyond that. Um, but today, like a rippling effect when you drop a stone, and in that's the, right, yeah. that's right. But now at fifty-seven years old. Um, you know, I am confident, I feel comfortable in my own skin, I'm happy with myself, my life is wonderful, um, and it's a real pleasure to be an LGBTQ plus advocate, to talk about these things, uh, to create, help create safe spaces for others.
0: Have some of those people who perhaps didn't react the way you thought they should or, or did, have they changed their opinion? Have they come around?
1: They are, have not been in my life. Sorry, say that again. They have not come back into my life. Really? Yeah, really. Are you surprised? Are you
0: surprised? I'm surprised I at am, that. I am.
1: I am. I am. What know, does that
0: say about me? I'm naive.
1: You just haven't had that same experience as yeah, I have, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so as I said, at the onset of this interview, uh, the prejudices still exist and they're rampant. Um,
0: advice for others that are... Um, Perhaps going through this—is uh, it a lifetime of evolving? Um, I guess we all grow and evolve over time, so it, it's no different in that sense. But, but for someone who's struggling with this, what would you say?
1: Well, um, as I said earlier, um, it's finding those allies. It's finding those supports um, How and do you sharing. Find those? How do you find those? Well. That's, that's an individual journey. Um, there are safe spaces. There are counseling services. There are many organizations and charities that um, help LGBTQ plus folks. Um, so it is around finding those spaces that make you feel comfortable. That's the starting you point. can start to share. Right.
0: Um, how do you feel about where society is now? You know, you're, you're in your 50s now. How do you feel about how we have evolved here?
1: Well, you know, I I think a lot of it um, is a natural evolution through generations. Now, having said that, you know, I work with a lot of young folks, um, you know, in their 20s and 30s. My own children are in their 20s, late 20s. And it's not even a thing. It's not even a discussion point. They don't don't. care, and social media has played into that uh, so greatly along the way. It's the boomers, (laughs) those older generations. Um, You know, gender identity was so solidly rooted with our parents in the 50s. Mom stays home, looks at the kids after the kids. Beaver cleaver. Dad goes out, and nobody discussed sexuality. Yeah, yeah. It's not a thing with the younger generation. Lane the Auctionista has been with us.
0: The Scott Thompson Show. Weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.